focused on cloud, publication, data center industry, trends, the dynamic market. Hi, good morning everyone. It's Dan Scarborough here from Data Center Hawk. I'm excited about today. I'm here with Nigel Clarkson, who is the CEO of Stratus Data Centers. And we're talking about data centers in Europe and in Asia. Hi. <laughs> Good yeah. to see you again, Dan. Yeah. Hi, Nigel. I'm hoping that a lot of people listening to this will, will know your name. You've been around for probably longer Too than long. I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Uh, but for those of you, for those of our listeners who don't know you, maybe you could give a bit of background on yourself and a bit of background on Stratus uh, for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Nigel Clarkson uh, from Stratus Data Centres. Uh, you can hear from my dulcet tones. I'm not from the UK. I'm from Australia. So a, a chartered surveyor by trade. And really, uh, rather than sort of go over the uh, property piece, um, in terms of data centres, um, fell into them in 1998 when I was head of European property for British Telecom, uh, probably like most telcos in of that period building out data center platforms um, across Europe so I did uh, around 13 data centers uh, over a period of four years uh, for a lot of the joint venture partners of British Telecom the likes of VA Intercom in Germany uh, Albacom in Italy uh, BT Telecommunicaciones in uh, Spain and Telfort in the Netherlands so um, and then from there uh, uh, ventured out by myself, teed up with a, an old colleague from Jones Lang um, uh, with his partner, Raymond Kwok. Kwoks uh, have, of course, a public listed company called Sun Hong Kai uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, and through the Kwok uh, uh, family office, we developed five data centers over a period of ooh, eight years. Um, Clients such as Fujitsu, Colt Telecom, Royal Bank of Scotland, Marsh McClellan, Unisys Corporation, to name a few. Um, and then in 2013, uh, so we sold that portfolio out. Uh, in 2013, we, or I, um, teed up with another Asian-based family called the Tao Chao Bowl family. We listed the first data center REIT in Bangkok uh, in that period. And then in 2015, met a group called EXS Capital and we started the Stratus platform. And that, that's a very different uh, data center uh, uh, offering in terms of we are a pure data center developer. So we stay at the real estate level. So we'll identify buildings to convert or identify land to, of course, build on, secure the planning, secure the power, um, build a a building, you know, build to suit. And probably the, the best analogy I could use, it, there's a group called COPT uh, in the States and COPT are probably very similar to us. They stay at the real estate level, build to suit, triple net leases, um, and don't go up the value chain in terms of facilities management, uh, co-location, you know, et cetera. So, you know, we are a pure play developer. Very interesting. So, so, you know, I would consider you, although you're not new, a new entrant in the market, no. but personally, no. uh, Stratus is one of the more newer entrants into yeah, the market. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, but I think what's quite exciting for me is that you're, you're very active in both Europe and in Asia. Um, yeah, so we have, we're actually headquartered out of uh, Hong Kong and Singapore. Uh, that's where our capital base 
started with a group called EXS Capital. And Eric Solberg, who runs that, is majority owner of Stratus. And we have a pool of investors that uh, we present you know, the uh, projects to. Um, and as you said, we have a, an Asian-based platform uh, run by a gentleman called Alex Perkins, ex-Jones Lang, uh, Hong Kong. And if we look over here, you've got myself and Stephen Kirby, ex-Cushman's, who do the property piece over here. And can you can you give us a bit of an insight into what your plans are in 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 Europe and Asia? Yes, yeah, so at the moment uh, we have uh, several opportunities uh, or developments, I should say, in uh, Europe. First one is our largest, our sort of signature um, project, which is the Frankfurt uh, 325 megawatt, um, two million square feet GFA campus. Uh, in Frankfurt, Maine. Um, that will start coming out the ground August this year uh, in terms of site works. Um, we then have a new opportunity, 150 megawatt uh, campus again, three buildings. Um, that's about nearly a million square feet. Uh, and that's 150 megawatt um, uh, site just to the west of Berlin. And Berlin's interesting because Mr. Uh, Tesla, uh, Elon Musk, has soaked up all the power in um, uh, Berlin, literally a gigawatt. So very difficult to find you know, land with power. But we've stumbled across um, a particular site where we can um, uh, do some drawing down of HV lines uh, onto a substation. So we're, we're fortunate there. Another opportunity, which is in DD in Munich, uh, and then uh, we um, uh, have been uh, working on several schemes in, uh, in London, one particularly in um, Belvedere to the east of uh, London. Awesome. And then in, in terms of Asia, um, yeah, so flip side. So our main focus uh, was uh, Singapore until the moratorium started. So, you know, that moratorium is nearly two years old. Um, we had one particular site that was, again, a 100 megawatt campus. Unfortunately, until this moratorium um, you know, expires, there's no development there. So we have been focused on Tokyo. Uh, we have two sites in DD at the moment and the other um, markets, Navi Mumbai, we're particularly in head to term stage on a site uh, there. And uh, lastly, uh, South Africa, particularly Joburg. Um, again, it, that's gonna be a joint venture. What we tend to do slightly different with um, uh, uh, Asia is we tend to go into joint ventures because you really do need local expertise, local uh, people that know, you know the legalities as to what you need to do. Whereas Europe, you know, is, is our backyard, um, you know, being XBT uh, Europe, uh, you know, I've, I've done work in all of those localities. So, you know, I, I know it like the back of my hand, but Asia particularly, you do need to have that sort of local focus. So yeah. in all of those localities, although I haven't named the joint venture partner, um, we will have a joint venture arrangement in each of those localities. And are you seeing all of those sites kind of coming online around the same timelines in the next? No, quite a, quite a mix. So if we look at Navi Mumbai, hopefully that will come out the ground uh, end of this year, beginning next. 
So we're going through the planning, permitting, et cetera, at the moment. Uh, South Africa, actually, because of the joint venture and the JV partner where they've got to, uh, that could be potentially in the next three to six months. Whereas if you look at um, Tokyo, we're only in DD, um, you know, waiting on the likes of TEPCO to give us you know, the necessary go in terms of power. I mean, the other locations we are looking at is the secondary markets, Philippines, Taiwan, and Vietnam. And the reason is because no one's really looking at those localities. You know, you don't have the incumbents like DRT and, uh, of course, Equinix in those locations. So we've been you know, starting to uh, mobilise into those markets. I was going to ask you, you know, how you are finding the, the market, you know, maybe in Europe and in Asia in terms of competition, right? Because, you know, there are certainly quite a few options for uh, the hyperscale demand. Are you finding it? Are you finding them welcoming a new entrance or yeah, how we, are you finding it? Well, I think, I think given, um, although yes, we're a, a, a somewhat of a new entrant, if you look at the people that work for us, you know, they've been in the data center industry for some time, you know, look yeah. at Steve Kirby, you know, Steve and I, uh, met in 2002 when I was doing the Fujitsu Thurrock site in the UK. Uh, Alex uh, um, Perkins has been doing data center work for at least the last 10, 15 years uh, as head of the sort of data centers for Jones laying across um, uh, Asia. So you look at the specific people, we've been in the industry for a long time. It's just the entity name is, is somewhat new yeah. to the industry. Um, I think in terms of the market, uh, to be honest, we've, we've never been busier. Um, you know, people have asked me, have COVID affected you? Yes, it has. It's affected my sleep because I'm always, <laughs> always on Zoom calls yeah. with, of course, you know, Asia in the morning and the US in the evening. We're, yeah. we're not looking, and I suppose it's good to clarify, uh, we're not looking at all to enter the uh, US market. Too busy. Where do you start? East Coast, West Coast? Um, uh, there's a lot of com competition there. I mean, we are not directly also competing against the operators, you know, the Vantages, Edge Connects, Edge Core, um, you know, those groups who, you know, they are operator groups. We actually can assist them by bringing sites quicker to market. So, you know, there have been conversations with those sort of groups to, to work together um, because, a lot of these groups see us as sort of resource augmentation because all we are doing day in, day out is looking for sites. You know, that is our bread and butter and bringing those opportunities forward to say, right, well, let's look at Joe Beg. We've got an opportunity. We can start you know, putting a spade in the ground in three months. Whereas if someone started that site search now, they're 12 months down the track. So we see ourselves as not only assisting those groups, but also you know, very much like the hyperscale groups, there was, in, and, and that's where that came from, that aug augmentation comment. One of the groups said, we just see you as helping us to get to market quicker. So, yeah. 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 And we're not so, competing against them. That's the thing. We're not in competition with either the operator or the hyperscale groups. No, it's, I suppose lots of the operators are kind of entering that build-to-suit market though, right? Yeah. And that there's a bit of an overlap there. I'm yeah, no, 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 it is. Um, I mean, of course, those groups uh, make their margin on not the real estate. They make their margin on the services and the, you know, per kilowatt per month that they charge their clients. 
which is under some constraint, whereas we don't see that as much on the uh, um, real estate side in terms of the, the actual people we're probably competing against to a certain degree are the industrial users because logistics these days, uh, the, the amount of space that they're chewing up and land that they're competing with us on, you know, the old days of where you'd be looking at uh, industrial um, uh, land at you know, a million an acre. Well, that's five, six, seven million an acre now where, you know, we used to be able to offer, say, two million compared to an industrial user at one. Well, they're competing with us now. At so we price. actually see the, yeah, the same price. We see the Goodmans, the Prologis, et cetera, in the, in the same market and same spheres as us. How is the price? So if, if you look at that, I mean, I heard that Frankfurt was about 7 million an acre for, for Yeah, so so if you look at across the board um, and starting with, for example, the Slough, uh, you know, the data centre city for, of course, the UK, um, recent transactions are 9, you know, 9 to 10 million an acre. Um, certainly Frankfurt, depending where you are, anywhere from 5 to 7. Of course, they quote in a, uh, um, um, euros per square meter. Um, Berlin, here's an example for you, uh, where uh, there was a plot of land to the south, uh, which had potentially 40 MVA. Asking price was 590 a square meter, euros. And they had offers from two data center um, groups, we weren't one of them, at 1,100. So nearly double the price. And, and, the, and the reason behind that is because it had power. Yeah. Um, that was the rationale that, wow, here's a place that actually does have power. So, you know, Berlin, we see as a very hot market and having, you know, that opportunity for that 150 megawatts is, you know, it's like a Willy Wonka golden ticket, to be honest, well, um, to find that. Why do you see Berlin developing, you know, over and above Frankfurt? How are you well, seeing that kind of? There's a couple, a couple of things. In fact, I was on a call uh, earlier today about it. If we look at Frankfurt, it's power, and I'll use the word power transmission uh, constrained, not not power generation. There's enough power around uh, um, in the Frankfurt market, but it's the transmission of that power, the roadways, the highways to get the power there, particularly to the north. If you need to look at um, potential areas of Frankfurt, you've got to go further afield towards Hanau um, uh, to the east um, to secure you know, large tracts of um, uh, power transmissions uh, and within close proximity to sites. So we, we were fortunate to identify this site that had a 220 kV substation sitting next to it. So. Um, uh, that's the Frankfurt opportunity, but it, it's the transmission, um, the the TSO that's lacking in Frankfurt. Hence, why people are thinking, right, this is getting too steamy. Let's move into, you know, the the Berlin market. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, in terms of the land price in Asia, is that equivalent in the the, the prices in Asia? Or? I wish it was. <laughs> when you look at Hong Kong, God. Know, where do you start there um you know the, the, the land prices there over the last uh, oh god six to ten years is is double quadruple tripled you know you name it it's gone uh, again that's on a sort of square meter um uh, basis or per acre basis and and that really has gone from about oh well it really has probably doubled and and of course there's a lot of um 
uh, Asian groups, not only again data center, but also uh, industrial logistics, the likes of Kerry Logistics, ESR, Logos, who are competing against you in those localities for, of course, the um, uh, the same same piece of dirt that you want. So they have driven up prices. Uh, uh, Singapore's a little bit different because, of course, bugger all freeholds around. You, you've mainly 30-year leases from the government. Uh, uh, so on that basis, it is slightly different. But certainly Tokyo, very hot at the moment again. Um, uh, and Air Trunk and Daiwa House have uh, announced major schemes in Inzai. Um, but pricing, again, in those localities have increased dramatically. So, so does that mean the, the economics of the cost to the customer is, is higher then, right? It's something like Hong Kong. <laughs> what, what would you say in Hong Kong they're charging on a kind of a, a per kilowatt basis compared to... Well, well I'm, I, I can probably more talk about the rental rates rather than the kilowatt rate because, of course, we're, we're talking from a shell and core basis. But if you looked at a traditional um, uh, uh, rate for industrial let's start on industrial values traditional was anywhere from 11 to 12 hong kong dollars a month industrial now probably pushing at least 15 to 18 hong kong dollars a month but uh, uh look at i think i won't name them but one of the groups who uh, took a site in ting yi um, paid something like 20 29 Hong Kong uh, a, a square foot a month. Yeah, okay. So, you know, nearly double your industrial rates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. So, so, so not only a couple more questions for you, Nigel, but so are you, are you building these sites speculatively or how do you No, work? so what we, what we tend to do is we will secure the land uh, and or building because we, we do do conversions, uh, particularly where we can find, you know, a decent shed, as I'll call it, where we can insert a mezzanine deck and uh, double space, etc. Um, but no, we will either option up the site or in some cases buy a site uh, and we will then make sure that we have the necessary permitting, planning, legal use for data centre uh, in terms of the power We'll have a firm power offer with, you know, the they're always scheduled of payments. We would have made the first payment and moving forward. But in terms of the design, we we literally design a box. And that box gives a, you know, a height, a width, a, a, a depth, a volume to say, well, there's a blank sheet of paper. Whatever you do inside it is up to you. But, of course, we do use... Um, RMEP groups um, uh, and architects to work out a, uh, a, a traditional design that would fit the envelope that we're getting the planning and the permitting for. So um, we would land bank uh, for a period of time, land and or buildings on the basis that once that group comes along, we'll say, well, this is what we've got, then we'll build that for you uh, as a shell and core. Although the opportunity in Frankfurt slightly different we call it a powered and cooled shell so on that basis uh, we're not only providing uh, a, a shell and core we're providing a cooling solution it's just the opportunity was uh, uh, was there for us to do that and and so so do you find that you're getting so on the design side because one of the things I was going to talk to you is about 
the market seems to be very focused on zero carbon sustainability, yep, sustainability. and all that type of stuff. Yep. So you finding that's the same in Asia and Europe, or is it more? In, oh, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. So it's a, it's across the board. Um, if we look at the uh, work that we were doing on a uh, Singapore deal until uh, the moratorium came on board, uh, we were looking at a I would classify it as a tropical data centre, and we were looking at much higher um, uh, temperatures uh, to the rack, whereby we would be. Of course, from a cooling perspective in human environments, you, you just have to go down a chill water route. You can't use, you know, free air cooling um, because of the humidity and the heat, you know, particularly looking at places near the equator, including, of course, Singapore. Um, so we were looking at much higher um, input temperatures to, of course, mean that the, you know, the, the, the cooling kit, the chillers, et cetera, wouldn't be uh, utilised as much. I mean, we're fortunate here in Europe, there are many locations uh, where we can do free air cooling because nine months of the year it's frigging cold so um and i i, I upset someone <laughs> the other week when an engineer who i said well free air cooling i describe it as opening a window he said well it's a bit more than that nigel and i said well i know that but of course to a layman well what do you mean by free air cooling well it's it's cold outside and if we open the window the cold air comes in so that's my that's, that's my layman's turn of describing you're, free you're air showing cooling. off your technical capability oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah allow, allow me to design your data center that way <laughs> loads of finding, windows are you finding that it forms part of the planning the kind of carbon yeah it is uh, even um councils and i'll give you an example of that uh, the local authority that we're working with in berlin uh has asked us there's various um schools nearby if they could utilize the rejected heat um so part of the planning and permitting uh will require us to take that excess heat and you know give it across to you know this particular school and there was a hospital i think from memory so that that reuse of of course the heat uh from the data center is part of their permitting and we will have to pay for the cost of getting it to them so so yeah i, I am seeing that um again another thing we've been playing with for quite some time where uh, um, areas have very highly resilient HV uh, infrastructure, uh, playing with the idea of grid scale batteries. Uh, and our Frankfurt, where we're on a N minus two, we we can do that. Uh, so get rid of all generators. You know, no jennies. You've got grid scale batteries. So we're looking at those sort of opportunities as well. We are going down the route of looking at solar panels, et cetera, but you just don't produce enough, Power. of course, energy from the size of the buildings. So that's the, yeah. that's the only problem. Although if you look at Facebook, interestingly, in uh, uh, Singapore, uh, are placing solar panels on lots and lots and lots of warehouses around them to, of course, create a much bigger pool for, of course, their power. So you know, that is one thing that people are looking at is looking at a combination of util utilizing large logistics warehouses around them to place solar to utilize within the data center. Yeah, I was speaking to someone today about Singapore and he was saying that you have to, you have to be able to 
generate the same amount of power as you're taking from the grid from a renewable perspective if it's yeah which is di- which is difficult to do if you've got a possible right 50 60 70 megawatt data center how do you produce that much solar you know yeah. and yeah. and the, and the, i'm i'm sure that they won't allow massive wind plants around singapore yeah so, so so nigel thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me i'm excited about your journey i'm also excited about not that you are a new operator but but the fact that you know there's more kind of competition in the market uh, even though it's not competition for lots of people <laughs> i think is a really good thing so yeah we're excited yeah. about it and and hopefully we can revisit you in a year's time and see how you're getting on yeah absolutely i'll just look a bit older that's all <laughs> well hopefully we'll be able to have a beer at that time Oh, God, yeah. God, imagine if we were still locked up. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> I was going to ask you about COVID, but the COVID conversation gets a bit boring now, isn't it? Right? <laughs> well, I do have a quick trick if you want. So if, if, if it's after five, put your wine in a coffee mug and, and you, you sort of uh, you know, rub it thinking it's, uh, it's coffee. So there you go. Is that you after can... five in the morning? Or uh, no, no, no. Well, <laughs> five in the afternoon normally, Dan. So uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Thanks a lot, my friend. All right. Cheers, Dan. <laughs>